0: In this episode, Dr. Cashew talks about the nuances and little semantics of the sugar-psycho-bio-pharmaco-economico-religio-socio-physiological-conspiracy. Not really. But also, yes. He starts by discussing diet-centrism and how health enthusiasts tend to inflate, or exclusively represent, the role of nutrition in health. As one thing they have some influence over, I get it. Why bother considering anything else? Listen, as the good doctor explains how these tendencies foster rigid and dogmatic diets, which can then damage all sorts of interesting stuff and lead to a wide variety of harmful conditions, some different than you might think. Roll the intro! Hello, hello, and welcome to... Coffee with Cashy, I'm your host, Dr. Trevor Cashy, with my perfectly normal-sized soda. Today's lesson continues on with the nuances and semantics of the sugar-psycho-bio-socio-physiological conspiracy. Say that ten times fast. Hmm? So it's time to hop to it. Hop right to it. Quick review of diet-centrism. Uh, pocket this, okay? Being the center of attention is different than being in the center of attention. Being in the stuff is different than being the stuff, all right? Often, let's say, excited people who are enthusiastic about health, they tend to over-represent or exclusively represent nutrition's role in health. To that end, these tendencies will foster rigid, dogmatic, and absolute diet recommendations. People subscribing to diet centrism, they wrongly connect adherence to these recommendations as a resolution to a wide variety of harmful conditions, and fitness, and fatness, and popularity, and joke-telling, and good fashion, and all sorts of other things. Okay, even more damaging, they wrongly connect deviation from these recommendations as the cause of a wide variety of harmful conditions, fitness, fatness, Bad joke telling, poor fashion sense, and stubbing your toe a lot, okay? In other words, if you stop eating sugar, it will cure your ADHD, diabetes, cancer, Crohn's disease, high blood pressure, high cholesterol, be in better shape, be sexier, get voted most likely to succeed by your high school class. On the other hand, if you keep eating sugar, then you'll get ADHD, diabetes, cancer, Crohn's disease, high blood pressure, high cholesterol be in horrible shape, be fatter and uglier, and get voted the most likely to step on a Lego. This is diet centrism. Please enjoy your stay. Hmm? So here's what you're learning. Here's what you're learning. Why one size fits all recommendations actually make sense. They actually make sense. What sugar does to the inside of your body Hmm, what sugar does to the inside of your body, and a new philosophy of personalized nutrition. That reminds me, if you need to get yourself on track with food and eating so that you can make it a positive aspect of your life, which means you can actually enjoy eating again, then go to smartpeoplecomehere.com. Preserve your spot for Dr. Cassie's challenge. It's coming up here soon. Get a spot before they run out, because they do. It only happens a couple times a year. Remember, smartpeoplecomehere.com, all right? By the way, since sugar is toxic, please, for the love of Pete, pick up your complimentary pack of glycemic index wipes. Make sure all of your food is clean before you eat it. This is a serious health issue. Please, everybody needs to eat clean. Get your pack of glycemic Windex wipes today, okay? Geez, there are children here. Show some respect. <sighs> uh, who cares if there are empirically substantiated differences in metabolic outcomes between people with similar diets, or even with the same person with a similar diet over time because I don't know, they changed their lifestyle or got injured or sick or got more active or just got older or became more metabolically frail or metabolically flexible. Hmm. Sugar's bad, everyone. It's dirty. Clean it with your glycemic Windex. It's got to be clean because it's dirty and toxic. And that means everyone must follow the same rules at all times forever, because that's what's clean and fair and fair. Fair people are clean. Clean people are good. That's godly. Godliness, cleanliness. If you stop eating sugar, then you're godly, all right? Here's actually why one-size-fits-all diet recommendations make sense. They legitimately do. I'm gonna walk you through some of this logic, okay? Now, tragically, like many things, the same reason they make sense is also the same reason they're dumb. Uh, Here's the basic premises. One, if you eat sugar, then your blood sugar goes up. Two, if you eat fat, then your blood fat goes up. And three, If you eat salt, then your blood pressure goes up. The next premises are, if your blood sugar is up all the time, then you are diabetic. If your blood fat is up all the time, then you have dyslipidemia. If your blood pressure is up all the time, then you have hypertension, okay? The sensical conclusions become the logic follows, If you eat sugar and your blood sugar goes up, and if your blood sugar is up all the time, that means you're diabetic and that means you're eating sugar all the time and the sugar you ate caused your diabetes. Aha, I've done it. I've done it. It means if you eat fat and your fat, blood fat goes up, and if your blood fat is up all the time, that means you have dyslipidemia and that means you're eating fat all the time and the fat you ate caused your dyslipidemia. I've done it. I've done it. If you eat salt and your blood pressure goes up, and if your blood pressure is up all the time, that means you have hypertension. Then that means you're eating salt and all the salt you're eating all the time is causing your hypertension. I've done it. I've done it. Thus, an overarching and seemingly logical consensus emerges with the public. If you eat fat, if you eat sugar, if you eat salt, then you'll be metabolically broken with diabetes, and dyslipidemia, and cancer, and obesity, and ADHD, and be super fat and bad at everything, and start enjoying Nickelback and a host of other chronic diseases. Hold your applause, please. Hold your applause. I will collect my Nobel Prize in Physiology and Medicine on my way out, and then proceed to use it to hold my toilet paper. You recognize this logic, this salt, sugar, fat stuff? Hmm. Hmm, you recognize it? Starting to get the picture here. See that, see how that just makes too much sense to ignore. It's just so sumptuous. I don't even know what that means, but it felt appropriate to say, especially while doing this with my hands, okay? Now throwing some fancy words out here, fancy words I do understand. Uh, If you're into this physiology game, then you probably know of a phenomenon of things that eat called incremental serum substrate undulation. Now, those are fancy words for food stuff goes in your body. Your body uses that stuff, that stuff goes away. Then you get more stuff from food again. Although it would be convenient if you could open up a trapdoor to your brain and pour coffee right in there. Stuff from your GI tract goes into your lymphatic system and portal circulation, etc. Okay? Extra rubbing so it can get to your liver and brain and muscles and my personal favorite the distal convoluted tubule. It's the best body part, by the way. Now, some people do have some extra empty space in their heads and rest assured, that's a different condition, move right along, please. In other words, the belief that the increases in blood stuff from food stuff as the cause of disease and fatness is, well, false. It's false. Increases in your blood fat, blood salt, and blood sugar are essential for the sake of conversation to be in a state of health, to uh, not die. Which is good if you're into the whole not dying thing. This means that if you eat too little food to raise your blood stuff to high enough levels, often enough that means you have a food deficiency. And food deficiency is a reasonably provable underlying cause of not living. Pretty crappy if you're in the not dying fan club. All right? Now, this incremental substrate undulation, the rise and fall of blood stuff, is a requirement for survival and happens for two main reasons. Two main reasons. One, your body needs food stuff 24 hours a day. And two, you only get food stuff a few minutes at a time. Isn't that the, that's quite the pickle. That is quite the pickle. Oh, and this needing food stuff 24 hours a day thing, you may have heard this called something like being alive. And this uh, getting food stuff a few minutes at a time thing, you may have heard this called something like breakfast and lunch and dinner. And if you're a hobbit, you may have a few extra additions to that, 11 Z's and afternoon tea and supper and you know second breakfast and such, right? <laughs> well, if you need nutrients 24 hours a day and you only eat nutrients for a few minutes a day, How do you manage? How do you manage that? Well, mostly it gets moved around. If you get five hours worth of nutrients in five minutes, then your body can do really cool biochemical stuff to make that five minutes of eating last five hours. Part of that means having your blood stuff go up and stay up, while your body neatly separates and organizes and packages all of your food stuff like a neurotic kid sorting out their colored Skittles. (laughs) So what does this really mean? Does this mean having your blood sugar up all the time, your blood fat up all the time, and your blood pressure up all the time? Does that mean it's okay? No, it's still, for the most part, pathological or, or bad for you, as it were. Uh, well then what the blue f- are you saying, Dr. Cashy? Come on. Okay, fine, fine. Well, the transient The transient increases in blood sugar and blood fat and blood pressure from food are supposed to happen. And well, if the muscles and the liver, if they suck at bringing those levels back down, if they get up on stage and forget their lines, is that the food's problem? Huh? Are Are the chicken nuggets you ate Are the chicken nuggets you wait supposed to go knocking door to door and say, hey, let me in, man. Let me in, man. It's wet out here and it's all sorts of red and weird and blobular, right? They're knocking. They're knocking going, let me in, and, and nobody's home. Nobody's home. They're left to fend for themselves and they become street people and criminals and they cause all sorts of trouble like diabetes and heart disease and cancer, and obesity. So a lot of people, they ask this seemingly logical question. What does food do to my body? It's a seemingly logical question to ask. And the answer is, well, nothing. Food only exists. It's a sandwich. What the heck can it do to you? It's a sandwich. It's a a floppy thing, right? It's useless. The attribution of intent and emotions and other human-like characteristics to things like food is a uniquely human distortion around food and eating and learned victimization, where things happen to them, typically bad things, right? Everything's happening to me. Why is this happening to me? What is this thing doing to me? Well, the good thing about learning that sort of stuff, and it is good, by the way, is that, well, if a person learns one thing, they can learn, well, another thing. Ideally, they learn something far more rational and constructive to replace it. So instead, challenge yourself to ask the following question. What is my body doing to food? Hmm? Because, well, contrary to the other question, it just so happens there's a whole branch of science that studies that very thing. It's called biochemistry. I happen to know a guy, so you're solid, all right? However, after this lesson, hopefully you understand the value of asking another question, right? What does my body do to food? And we'll be getting into some of that there stuff soon, right? So here's what you've learned. Why one size fits all recommendations actually make sense. And honestly, a lot of reasons why things make sense are the same reasons why they're dumb. Uh, How sugar rots your insides and uh, Possibly a new philosophy on personalized nutrition, right? Thank you for learning. You are awesome. Until next time. Want to continue having coffee with Dr. Kashi? Head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. It is very much appreciated. Thank you, and see you next week. Dr. Kashi is out!